How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. My name is Shane. Joining me on the phone is Tom. How's it going, Tom? Oh, Shane, I got to sing the bloody song of Metricon. Yeah, about time. So, <laughs> it's, been been, it, it's been a big couple of weeks since we last did a show and uh, we've got some healthy competition now with uh, one of our good mates, Tom Boswell at the Gold Coast Bulletin, getting his show off the, off the ground. Uh, with Sean Tobin, a former media manager from the Gold Coast Suns. Have you had a listen to that one yet, Tom? Yeah, I did. And, and of course, Sean Tobin uh, these days has uh, gone out with uh, the one and only Gary Ablett Jr. And, and uh, they're, they're producing their own media. And, and um, you know, he's gone on to bigger and better things. So good on the both of them. And, and uh, yeah, the new shows sort of a, a bit of background and a bit of reminiscing and, and whatnot. But... Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I recommend it to for everyone to have a listen. Different to our show, but you know that that's what you'd expect. Um, and yeah, Tom Tom's behind us, and we're right behind Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Tom's a, a friend of the show. He's been on uh, the show last year, and uh, we hope to have him on the show again in the near future. But if you want to check that out, that's called the Heat Room, and it's on Gold Coast, the Gold Coast Bulletin. So you'll be able to find it through there, and I think you can listen to it on SoundCloud. Now. What else? Uh, before we get any further, let's jump in and thank our old soul Patreon donors, Jack's dad, Dale Snelling, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Tim, Robbie Fiorini, and James Wood. Thanks to all our Patreon sponsors for supporting the show. Of course, we would not have a show without your support. If you'd like to donate and help us out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and uh, flick a couple of bucks our way. Every bit counts. And uh, we fund that money back into the club however we can through uh, memberships and supporting the club in that way. Now, and a bit of sound gear as well. Uh, we, our early sponsors helped us get a, our uh, sound recording um, deck for you. And, and we're, we're hoping to get a bit of extra money this year so we can upgrade that and get me a microphone and all that kind of stuff. But... Yeah, no donation is too small. We, we appreciate every dollar. Exactly. And if we hit the $100 uh, per month, then we'll be doing two shows per week, uh, a Tuesday night show like we do now and a Thursday night show where we discuss all the latest team news and uh, look ahead to the game that we're about to, to see on the weekend. All right, with all that out the way... Oh, sorry, one more piece of uh, housekeeping... The, currently, I'm doing a, a GC Sunscast Plays a, a show on YouTube. So every Thursday night, I jump on, play some video games, stream it out live. Uh, 
things with fans or to talk about pop culture, gaming, anything like that. Uh, it's been pretty quiet lately on that front, but this week we've got something different happening. I'm going to be playing a game with my wife to sort of a, a belated Valentine's Day thing. It's a Don't Starve Together. So if you want to listen to me and my wife argue and figure out how to stay alive in this video game, uh, tune in and have a chat with us. All right, well, let's get into the meat and potatoes off the show. We've got the news with Stuart Jew's contract talk, Tom. Now, mm. this was brought up on uh, the Heat Room podcast and questioning about Stuart Jew's, uh, the timing of it. And, you know, of, they pointed out some really good things about the club in the past being very uh, reactive to coaching changes. And locking in Stuart Jew should really be our top priority. Uh, the stability it creates is something the club just hasn't really ever had before. And with players like Lukosius, King, Rankin all signing on, we're suddenly starting to see see an opportunity for the club to have some long-term stability. And locking away Stuart Jew, I think, is the the main piece of this uh, this puzzle. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, the club went with with uh, Blue McKenna. <clears throat> excuse me for the first couple of years before entering the AFL. And then for four years after entering the AFL. So they knew what they had in him. And the management of the time decided it's time to move on. And they went with a very, very senior coach. In fact, the uh, the, the, the most experienced coach not to win a grand final, although he did, did lose one in Rodney Eade. So going in that other direction and going back to a rookie coach, but this time going with someone who's got the highest possible coaching qualifications a really, really long apprenticeship as an assistant coach. He was quietly offered the job at the Melbourne Demons and turned it down because he didn't want to take a project that was already, you know, launched by uh, by by uh, Bruce. Bruce. Yep. And and um, and so he's come to the to the Suns and he's won seven games in two years. That's not a reflection of Stuart Jew. That's a reflection of the whole team of. Jew and John Haynes and and, uh, and 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 Craig Cameron and the whole team behind all you know there's a dozen people I could name and they've all come in with this singular purpose of a three to five year plan and this is year three and Jew in my in my eyes has done everything right so far and this is the year where we can criticize him but I feel like he's going to get the extension no matter what the criticism is because internally he's ticked every box yeah and like you said the win-loss ratio hasn't been fantastic but i think this time in the sun's history it's not about win-loss for the first time as a sun's fan i'm starting to really see positives not just at the start of the season but halfway through the season and at the end of the season where it's just a, a really strong message and a really strong feeling that's around the club where we're like, all right, this time's different. This time is different to the time that Bluey McKenna was in charge and we're all led down the garden path, told we're going to be a powerhouse club. It's different than the time Rocket Eid came in and tried to clean things up and we're all told everything was all getting uh, in order and everything was being cleaned up fine. And 
next thing you know, it's just everything. Players, key players wanting out of the club. This is different. We've got key players wanting to hang around. We can see ourselves uh, rising up the ladder and improving each and every week. Um, all right. With that said, uh, I mean, that was a topic that was discussed on the heat room. Another topic that came up on the heat room, which I'm interested in your thoughts, Tom, is do you think the Gold Coast Suns best and fairest should be eventually named after Gary Ablett? Well, straight up, no. And the very, very good reason why not is that there are two Gary Ablets. And one of them is a very, very famous Geelong-only player who was a hero all around Australia, really, really a hero of the AFL in its in its initial years. And the younger uh, version is still a Geelong hero. So, no, no, it's not a Suns. What they need to do is just bide their time. And once the first sort of wave of one club foundation players and I mean you probably include Jared Harbrow in that but you know David Swallow Sam Day once those guys get to the end of their career let's pick one or two of them to name the medal after with the caveat that they have to have won the medal in the first place one club player it's probably going to be the David Swallow medal but it could be the Harbrow Swallow medal to put in alphabetical order what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, with all respect to Tom and Sean from the Heat Room, I understand why they're pushing Gary Ablett's case. He he did a great job for the Gold Coast community, the Gold Coast football, and making AFL a thing on the Gold Coast. Uh, we got to see the best years of him as a footballer. But in the end, a best and fairest is a, a club legend, and a club legend generally is a player that has is, is a one-club player. Uh, especially mm-hmm. these days because one club players are so rare I, I think I think it more, more than anything it probably needs to go towards a, a David Swallow or a Sam Day or a, uh, I guess I can't say Jared Harbrow because he was a Bulldogs player but mm. I, I do really feel like it's the blokes that have been in with the club from day one and Stood it, stood it out through the the tough times, and are still there mm. at the end. Hopefully, tasting premiership glory. Well, well, look at the Brisbane Lions. They they chose the the, the best living Fitzroy player and the best Bears player. Now, Roger Merritt played for Essendon for ten years, so the Merritt Murray Medal means a lot. It's got a history, and the and the winners are all great players. And I think the yeah, winners of the, of the Gold Coast Best and Fairest are all great players. I mean, Tom Lynch has won a grand final now. And, and um, you know, the, the, the winners are, uh, are certainly, you know, great players. I mean, we're, not, we're not sort of, you know, downgrading the Gold Coast BNF because everyone who's won it and everyone who wins it will, will be very good players, A-graders, you know. But, yeah, there's no rush. There's no rush to name it. And, and um, I like... I like that they've brought the conversation up because I think it's a conversation we need to have for a few years. As I said, I really believe, uh, you know, five to ten years when this players start. All right. You're breaking up there, Tom. But Jerry Stiller in the chat agrees. David Swallow in a landslide. So I think it's pretty convincing. If you're going to ask the fans, David Swallow should be the, uh, I guess, the, the namey 
is that the term for the uh, best and fairest? It will be called the, <laughs> no, the maybe, David no, Swallow nominee. Medal. We could, have a, we, could, we, could, we could run a poll. Oh, that oh, you love your Facebook polls? Get on there and uh, <laughs> do a Facebook poll, Tom. All right, let's move well, on. Well, I want, I want to say one more thing. Jared Harbour is a Queenslander, so that in, in, in a way, and as I said, with the merit argument, uh, he is a two-club player, but he has played the most games for the Suns so far, and that record will take a long time to break, and he's still going. Yeah. Well, love David Swallow and uh, hope to see him play play a lot more football for the Suns. Moving on, oh, yeah. talking about players. Now, you and I are aware of a particular player signing, but it hasn't been officially announced to, by the club yet. Now, I don't want to go into specifics about particular player. We'll respect the, the club's decision not to announce it. But why do you think the club would now be holding off on announcing such a, a key player uh, deciding to, to re-sign with, with the club? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, look, uh, Stewie Jew has, has said in public that the deal's for his for his deal is, is practically done and he's not even involved in it anymore. So let's just put it down to the club and the agent because you know coaches and players both have agents and um, and, they, and they're just sort, sorting through uh, whatever it is. And the other thing is that over the summer the club you know we, we we you and I find out things through our contacts you know two weeks before they're announced to the public and you know we, we'll sort of you know let it slip up on Twitter or Facebook that we think this is happening and um, and lo and behold two weeks later oh such and such is going in for an operation it's like yeah that's old news so yeah I think once the once the media cycle gets back into into full flow and a lot of the Suns media at the moment is is, is wound up in the AFLW so I, I, I expect there to be a fair bit of fanfare and I also think that just like the the announcement where they announced like you know five of the rookies had extended and, uh, and rookie extending that doesn't mean anything five of them at the club so I reckon maybe there might be a couple of new signings like new recruits like uh, any any one of the the four top uh, draftees that we got in like uh, Raul Anderson Flanders those guys we're going to get a, a mass signing. Announcement. It never happens in ones anymore, does it? It happens in twos and threes, or even fives. Mm. Well, I, I hope the club obviously know what they're doing. I'm still a bit bemused to, as to why they're holding this back. Maybe, all right, maybe the finer details of the contract need to be finalised, and that's just going to happen between the agent and the, the club. Um But we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but it is good news for Suns fans, so... Yeah, there's always something f to look forward to. Uh, moving on, you m you mentioned players like Matt Rowell, Noah Anderson. Now, these were some of the young talent that were on display on Saturday night's practice match against Brisbane, and you, Tom, were there to witness all the action. Let's get, uh, give us a bit of a rundown on some of the highlights that you saw from our, our young stars in that game. Starting with the very, very young guys. So we're talking uh, Raul, Anderson, uh, Sharp, Connor Badaric. Those guys started pretty much from the, the, the opening bounce. And against Brisbane's best, now let's remember Brisbane have a very much smaller list than us. So for them to put forward 30 fit players, 
they were only really leaving seven out. So seven A graders for them left out. They had Charlie Cameron in the in, in the forward line. You know, we didn't have anyone of that calibre. We do have players of that calibre, but they weren't playing. We had about 15 of our top guys out because we've got 52 players. Sorry, that was the Kosh jumping in saying he thinks you're talking rubbish. We've got our own Charlie Cameron, Tom. His name's Isaac Rankin. Yeah. No, look, um, I, t- I didn't actually hear what Tony said, but uh, uh, no, I took Shane. I t- totally agree. Um, I was going to get to that. Isaac Rankin kicked the most amazing goal. He, first of all, he made Daniel Rich, who's a veteran of the Lions, look totally stupid. Absolutely stole it off the Brisbane defenders when they had a two-on-one against him and just strolled towards goal. They pressured him into the pocket, which we'll now call the Isaac Rankin pocket, and he kicked the goal on his wrong foot. Grubber, from a tight angle, killed it. Loved it. It was so good. So uh, Rankin was rested for the second half of that game, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Um, we didn't see much of him afterwards. A lot of players were arrested, Shane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But look, um, I've been talking enough. I want to hear from you. What are your impressions of the reports from the game? Well, I wasn't fortunate enough like you to be at the game. I had Valentine's Day commitments uh, to my wife. But from all the reports I've read on uh, the internet, uh, Big Footy, social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, uh, Fox Sports reports. Now... Raul and Anderson seem like they are genuine, genuinely living up to all this hype that we've been hearing. Uh, Raul and Anderson working together. Obviously, Anderson didn't receive as much of the ball as Raul, but went from what I hear when he did get the ball, he used it quite well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Raul and Anderson? Yeah, well, look, for starters when we got Raul starting basically in the guts and played pretty much every time he was on the field, he was playing in the guts and uh, poor old, poor old Noah was getting stuck out on the wing, catching a cold, except it was really, really hot. <laughs> so the, the two of them connected. So Raul would find Anderson, occasionally Anderson would find Raul. Um, so, you know, as the game sort of warmed up and, 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 and uh, things really got hot, the two of them started finding the ball more and finding each other a lot more. It was really uncanny sometimes how you'd, you'd see Raul break out of a stoppage and next thing you know, he's, he's punching a bullet pass out to the wing and there's there's Anderson running onto it on, on the fly. It's a really beautiful thing to watch the way that the pair of them work together. Um, as far as how they're going to go against fully-fledged AFL players, I guess we're going to have to wait till this weekend against Geelong. But... Um, the Brisbane side in the first half was pretty good and they went fairly well. They went much better against the Brisbane B side in the second half. So take away from that what you will. But yeah, um, those are my impressions. However, I was sitting up the river end. I've read reports of people who were sitting sort of near to the members of the Southern stands and they saw a different game to me. I was sitting up there because it was so bloody hot. I just needed every breath of wind that was coming through and uh, fortunately I got to see most of the goals because they were at the river end so apart from the, the goals that Brisbane scored in the final quarter uh, down at the other end uh, I got to see all the goals up front so yeah the younger players went really well and Connor Badaric 
I reckon he might have had four or five, and they had four or five tackles that resulted in holding the ball. It was something phenomenal like that. It was just amazing. Well, you beat me to the punch there because that's exactly what Jerry Stiller just asked on our chat. Um, the other pl- young player mentioned a lot in the reports was Sharp. What can mm. you tell me about him? Was he really living up to, to all this hype that he's now getting? Do you think he'll be pushing for selection as early as round one? Yeah. Yes, for one word of answer. Um, like Badaric, he's been playing senior footy, but he's been playing in the waffle, which you'd, you'd say is a sort of half a level up from the kneeful, if not more. Um, so he, he's, he looks like an AFL player, plays like an AFL player. He has he has, really knows what he's doing. And, and because it was, there's only like 500 people there, you sort of get a, a fairly intimate feeling for the communication between the players and what's happening. And he is like a senior player. He is barking orders. He's congratulating players after good efforts. He's calling for the ball. He's in the right place. He's just, he's really impressive. I, I I think he's worth the future 11 pick just on what I saw. Oh, that's great news for Suns fans because that was a, a very contentious uh, trade. Um, all right, let's move ahead to some of the senior players that were playing in that game for the Suns. A lot of the talk I've been hearing from these reports was the trio of players we've still got from that 2016 draft. Uh, Bose, Brody, Ainsworth. Mm. Are, are they, do they look like they're about to break out? Because all the yeah. reports, you know, they, they've all improved. We saw a report today on the Sun site saying Brody's fitter and faster than he's ever been. Uh, Bose looks to have bulked up and Ainsworth is just as skillful as ever. Yeah, look, um, the answer is definitely. Uh, Brody was the best player in, in, on the field. Like, people were, were very happy to see Raoul in action in a Suns jersey. Brody was next level. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Uh, he was playing so well. He was so and even pissed off at himself. Uh, he, he let off a, a few rude words in front of some of the young kiddies when he let a ball go over the sideline. But you know, very harsh on himself. He's he's so he's so committed and so desperate to make this year his best year that uh, you know, Touchwood barring injury he's going to go to the next level for the Suns and take us to our next level. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If you, play, if you play Dream Team or AFL Fantasy, Supercoach, any of those things, jump on Brody. He's going to have a breakout year and he'll probably end up uh, averaging 100 points for the season. Um, what? How, how was Bose? I mean, he was he from reports I heard, he was playing down back. Do you think that's going to be a thing we're going to see regularly this season? Or was it just a lack of senior bodies? Nope, looks like we've Sorry, lost... We're sort of, you um, there, Tom? Asked on. Yep, yeah, we, so we Caleb just Graham was asked on to be the major tall, but there really weren't... So, so Burgess was going back and forth. Or, towards the second half of the game, Burgess played down back, at which uh, by the time that Bose was gone, right? So... Bosey started off in the back line 
Um, but then he's still got a bit of a free license to move up around and get in the guts and whatever. So he didn't blow me away like like Brody did, but uh, I just I just thought it was really really great to see him showing his diversity. So he can play back, he can play middle, he can play wing, he can play forward, and he's so much bigger than uh, yeah, you're turning yeah, into he's the robot clean. man People again. call him slow, but it's not true. He's not slow. He's just got time. Okay. Uh, you'll have to repeat that last sentence. You were just turning into the robot man there. <laughs> so, 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 uh, Jack Bowes, some people say he's slow, yep. but I don't believe that for a second because I've seen him at full flight. He's just, he's, he's like Pendlebury. He's got time. He uses the football really well. And he knows where he is in space. So that sort of suits a, a defensive role. But th- th- these were the rookies. The Suns were playing the 30 bottom players in there. You know, 30 bottom players includes a lot of A-graders and includes a lot of young players. And injuries sort of means that it's not exactly the bottom 30. It's, it's sort of the bottom, you know, 35 or 37 or whatever. Yeah, um, but Ben Ainsworth? Just he didn't do a hell of a lot, but everything he did was sheer class, including kicking a goal. Uh, so... No, you cut out that again. Those three guys, yeah. Well, ben, those three guys, Spose and Brody and Ben Ainsworth, the three Bs from from 2016 draft, they are all going to be a, a cut above this year. They're real A graders. All right. Uh, well, the only other player I want to question you on from this practice match is Peter Wright. Now apparently Mm. he didn't have the greatest game and it seems to be continuing on from last year where he really struggled. Yeah. My first impression was that yeah he he had a few clangers and uh, it wasn't so great but on balance he was everywhere. He covered more ground than any other player on the field. He was playing in a ruck forward role, but he d- didn't really spend that much time forward, and he had no support in the forward So he was the tallest guy on the field, apart from Zach Smith and, and uh, Matt Conroy. Well, Matt Conroy was a bit smaller, but he, he just didn't have uh, Ben King or Sam Day to back him up. So he was trying to do everything. And because it was just the ball was a cake of soap, he was dropping a lot of overhead marks and whatever. But what he did right, Peter Wright, he was great. So, yeah, if, in better conditions, I'd love to see him in the preseason just build on that and sort of show that, yeah, he's a big, lunky guy and he's not going to be the slickest with his skills because it just doesn't work like that. If you can find a 203-centimetre guy who can kick every goal, catch every ball, win every ruck. He was, you know, he's fairly dominant in the ruck. Um, me? I'm a, I'm a Hello? I... Me? <laughs> I can mark every ball. <laughs> I'm about 200 centimetres as well. No, my uh, my days are over. Uh, you've cracked up there, Tom, so I didn't hear what funny you were trying yeah, but to make. You know, you know... But... You... You know, you know the knocks on the taller players. They're, they're not as good at ground level. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It just seems like Peter Wright Peter, Peter, wasn't having one of the greatest... Uh, uh, Peter Wright seemed to be doing everything he needed to. Uh, it's just it probably wasn't coming off for him. And you can understand that with the greasy conditions and the lack of support. So he would have been the focal point. Uh, a lot of marks going his way and a lot of balls just being dropped. Uh, but the good thing is, it sounds like he's got his tank. 
and that was something he seemed yeah. to be lacking near the end of last year. I think he had a lot of, uh, and I think he had an interrupted preseason last year from memory. So that might explain why he struggled last year. So there's still plenty of hope for Peter Wright this year. All right, Tom. Unless there's anything Look, else, on, on stats alone. Sorry, I, I just want to say this one thing about Peter Wright. On statistics alone, he is tracking at the same rate as Joe Danaher was at the same same stage. So Joe, Joe Danaher's a couple of years in front. So although Joe Danaher hasn't gone so well in the last couple of years, he does have. Years ago, and Peter Wright's just on the verge of having a great year, but plays for forwards this year, so he could be playing AFL, he could be playing NEFL. All right, well, your connection is terrible at the moment, so I'm going to do a bit more talking for now, and uh, let's hope that your internet connection comes good again in another couple of minutes. So, if we move on to the AFLW, the Gold Coast Suns women's side played their inaugural game. Last week, actually, against GWS down in Blacktown. Uh, unfortunately, the Suns women's side went down by a point to GWS in a very tight, low-scoring affair. Now, watching this game on TV was actually more interesting than I thought it would be. I was a bit sceptical. I'd seen a few women's games in previous years, and obviously the quality of the contest isn't as great as the men's, but... I think watching, seeing the game in torrential rain really made it a, a flog fest and the the women were really hard at it, just as hard at it, if not harder than what the men go at it. Um, so from my notes here, uh, yeah, they torrential rain made scoring hard and the hits even harder. Despite 10 AFLW debutants, Jamie Stanton led from the front with her pressure and hunger Britt Perry kicked the Suns women's first and only goal for the game. So, fantastic for that. Like, that passage of play from Britt Perry, uh, mm. I think it came off the halfback flank. I can't, was it Stanton, I think, that kick-started it? Can you remember that game? Uh, I want to I say it was, and then it was... Um... It, was uh, it was Stanton or Yorston, I think, that kick-started that uh, process off the half-back line, and they well, just Paige, moved it Paige really Parker cleanly. That, yeah, and Paige Parker that, that towed it forward into space, which was just, in, in those conditions, that's the best thing that she could have done because trying to pick it up, she would have got, would have got tackled uh, or she would have, might have fumbled it or, or whatnot. But, yeah, Paige Parker's kick through, and then Britt Perry, who's just had brilliant positioning, just picked it up in gold. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, unfortunately... There wasn't much toe-poking going on after that because despite torrential rain, the Suns managed to get, I think, maybe another behind and that was it for the game. Yeah. Um, the The GWS side didn't score until, I think, the, the late in the third quarter. Mm. So they still had a quarter to try and try and get the upper hand. But I think their, their attitudes changed and they weren't doing the one percenters they're obviously getting a bit tired playing in those conditions but the one percenters uh just trying to move the ball forward i didn't think that was happening and it was very frustrating to watch almost as frustrating as watching the men play um it was it was it was certainly was that but i, I want to just go back for a little bit um the gws goal was from 40 meters out and 
most of the the kicks that I've not not all, but most of the kicks that I've seen from from that sort of distance just don't go straight through the middle. They might sneak through, but most of them miss. Some of them get shanked. Some of them don't make the distance. So, you know, on a wet weather day like that, GWS were bloody lucky they had a goal kicker who could get it from that distance in those conditions. And uh, I think I think everyone on both sides would agree that GWS were lucky to get away with the result. They they certainly didn't come back and play uh, brilliant football in round two, but we'll, we'll get to uh, the Suns round two effort in a minute. But, yeah, I, I got to the end of the game feeling really proud of the, the team because they lost by one bloody point. And we know how painful those types of losses are for the men's. And it just didn't seem in that, you know, it didn't seem like a loss in that sort of way. Like, oh, they've done it again because it was the first ever game. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it felt like a, a moral victory. And then for them to go on and win in round two, I, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, it did. And obviously, as a new uh, observer of AFL women's, I didn't know too many of the players. I was sort of relying on the numbers and who I was aware of. Now, it stood out to me. Virgo was just fantastic along the back line, just patrolling mm-hmm. that. Um, the Howarth, is it Howarth? Uh, Kalinda Howarth. She, yeah. she yeah. was, when she did get the ball, she looked really something special, really speedy. And... Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her play. She's going to be an X-Factor sort of player for the women. Uh, obviously, yeah, Britt Perry it was, was good in the forward line, getting into the right positions. So there's a lot to like about it. And as we see more and more of the women's games, there's going to be more to talk about and more to cheer. Oh, hell yeah. Look, uh, the, the, the the best player in the Sun side in round one was Lauren Ahrens. And she's got a great story because she, she's never been able to get drafted by an AFLW team. She's played a lot of women's football, but just, you know, with the 14 teams, I guess, she's she's got a chance and she's taken a chance on the Suns and they've taken a chance on her. And, and she she's was, been our best player. And she was one of our best players on the game against Richmond, Tom, and I'll hand that over to you in a sec to give your review. But the scores were five goals, three, 33, and they defeated Richmond, two goals, 10, 22. So an 11-point win there. Uh, Sermon kicked two goals. Perry added another one to her tally for the year. And Stanton and Yorston chipped in. And probably one of the bigger highlights from this game was the crowd. It was over 7,000. I mean, that's competitive. Not far behind what the men's get at Metricon. So it's a really impressive turnout, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing. And it was so blisteringly hot that nobody was sitting in the northern or the eastern stands where they get that afternoon sun. So where I was sitting in the, in the southern stand on the on the bottom deck, it was just there was a roar. You could hear it out of the members and, and from the second level. It was just this roar every time the suns did something great. I was there with my mum and my sister and my daughter, so not not usual football attendance, but they didn't even hesitate when I said, let's go to the footy and see the women play. Um, yeah, the crowd was great. Uh, look, Jamie Stanton is a superstar. She has played at three clubs now, and she's been a star in each club. She's played in two grand finals with the Lions. But, yeah, I, I didn't expect that she would be this good for the Suns. She's, she's gone to a new level She's probably one of the best players in the competition right now after two rounds. 
Yeah, every from what I saw of her in the first game, I, I loved her attack on the ball, her aggression, and just laying those tackles. And she was always at the bottom and then clearing the ball out. So mm. really, really like watching her play, ply her trade. Um, well, she was also tagging Katie Brennan. So she got 20, 20 touches and a goal and got got laid out and went off with a, with a, with a shoulder injury before halftime, came back with strapping and still managed to, I mean, Katie Brennan probably got a few possessions in junk time as well. So really curbed the influence of, of one of the better players in the comp. So, yeah, she's she's the one to watch out for. I don't know if there is a fair... I, I think there is sort of a fantasy league in the AFLW, but, um, yeah, I don't know enough about the whole league to, to have a team in it. But, yeah, Jamie Stanton's the one you'd want to pick if you were in it. Yeah. All right, well... How do you go, Tom, with your your mum, your sister, and your daughter? Were you able to create any new sons fans? Oh yeah, look the the thing the thing is that the AFLW has has created a whole new generation of fans. So people who just you know, my my sister, she's not interested in going to the footy, but she's read probably more than I have about the AFLW because you know it's it's about more than just footy. It's about women. It's about young girls getting opportunities that they never got before. So yeah, my mum had read about Jade Progelli but didn't recognise her on the field, and she just said, "Who's that player in number forty-two with the hamstrings?" <laughs> I told her who it was. She went, "Oh yeah, I've read all about her. I, you know, she lives up the road," um, which is quite quite interesting that we you know we live in Brisbane, but there's a few Suns players who are from the local area, so we can. We, we could, could have gotten down to see them any old time in the local comp, but we, we travelled all the way to the Gold Coast to see them at the big stadium. So, yeah, um, and my daughter likes Leah Kasler because she's the only one. Not sorry, yeah, Jackie Yorston because she's the only one who's got the long sleeve, so, so she knows who she is. <laughs> she's only eight. She can't even catch the ball yet, but anyway. Uh, no, yeah, made three new fans there. Yet to get a commitment from them for this week, but I'm definitely going down for the double header. What about you? I'm thinking about it. I've got a lot of work coming up on my plate this weekend and next. Um, so it's going to depend how I go. But I'll definitely be watching the game if I'm not there live. I'll, I'll check it out on the telly. Um, so your uh, your daughter, is she going to join Auskick and maybe become a, a, a Suns player in future years? Or she she's not still not interested in football? I, I know she said before she wasn't. <laughs> Sometimes she loves the Suns. Other times she likes to go against the other team who I'm trying to watch because she's trying to get me to change the channel. But um, no, look, going to the AFLW changed things for her. She she went to sleep on Saturday night cuddling her new Suns football. Um, she, they, they did something for her. Um, pretty special. And I saw, I don't know, I, I must have seen, you know, a hundred little girls just amazed at seeing these women play so yeah I think uh, I think we've got three new fans maybe 3,000 new fans uh, a lot of the a lot of the faithful Suns supporters were there and they bloody went home after the AFLW they didn't stick around for the men's more more fans at the men's were uh, Brisbane Lions fans who, who came down just to watch their boys go around so uh, yeah no nah, good 
good. It was a bloody brilliant performance. I'd love to go through all the names, but look, uh, on our uh, Facebook page, I've written a, a pretty long, uh, five-minute long read, they reckon. Uh, I've had 27 people read it so far. I hope we get a few more reads uh, if you want to know my personal reflections on the game. All right. We'll check that out over on our Facebook site, ladies and gents. Um, now, before we go, yes, there is a double header this weekend at Metricon. I believe at 4 o'clock we've got the Gold Coast Suns women's playing off in the Q Clash against the Brisbane Lions. So the first ever inaugural AFLW Q Clash. Um, and then after that, we've got the Suns men's playing in the Marsh Community Series against Geelong. So it should be a fairly, fairly good game. Now, the one thing we haven't discussed tonight is the state of origin. So mm. that's coming up in a week or two, I think. Couple... Are you, are you going to hit your button? What button? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I know, yeah. I know, yep. Um, is it the AFL or is it the VFL? Is it the... <laughs> uh, that button. Oh, Tony Cochran coming back at us again. So, uh, yeah, so the coaches were announced yesterday and Stuart Jew and Dean Solomon from the Suns are representing in the coaches panel. Stuart Jew will join Longmire in the Allies coaches box and Dean Solomon joins uh, Damien Hardwick over in the Victorian coaches box. Which is nice because, uh, of course, Jew and Longmire were together at Sydney for a long time and um, and, and Solly and, and uh, Dimmer are former premiership teammates. Yep, and representing the Suns on the field is Lockie Weller. Now, we had a bit of debate about this. I put up Lockie Weller's name early on as being one of our candidates, and I was right. <laughs> now, uh, That's the button I said you should push. Oh, that one. Um, <laughs> so, the, during the week, the, the AFL did change the rules about having three players selected per side, and... Uh, now I think the Giants and the Tigers both have six all up and the Suns only have one. That suits me just fine because the yeah. less injuries for the Suns, the better, and the more injuries for every other team, fantastic. Yeah, now, look, I, I have a personal opinion about this and I think it's uh, it's a lot more important for Victorians than it is for anyone else. And, uh, and, and the other thing is um, I think the Suns probably didn't, really uh, open up the list for, for selection um, and players who really, really wanted to be put forward, like Lockie, were put forward. Um, look, if Witsy was available, he'd definitely be in there. Um, I don't think Swallow put his name up there. Otherwise, either he would have been picked or or if they had kept it at three per team, you know, Josh Kelly doesn't play and, and Swallow plays and sits. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons, but I honestly don't think that the Suns players that that is their ambition at the moment. One player I'm, 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 I'm disappointed for is, is uh, Ben Ainsworth, who comes from the Gippsland region and, and uh, obviously that tremendous fires there. And he probably would have really, you know, really wanted to play, but you know, he's a fourth year player and there's, there's some big name players down there who've, who've, who've done it. So I'll be watching the game, but yeah, I, I think it's more for Victorians than anyone else. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I think probably the most intriguing thing from a son's point of view is hopefully Stuart Jew and Dean Solomon can get into the ears of some of these star players and convince them to come up to the Suns. <laughs> well, well, um, Gresham's one of those players. 
Um, and he's been seen around the Gold Coast over the off-season, and he's out of contract, and he's best mates with Took Miller and Peter Wright. So, well, not best mates, but they played they played junior footy together. So, well, only we'll time see. only time will ten, tell. But for now, that's it for our show tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining me, Tom. Thank you. And until next time, go Suns. Go Suns, ladies. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.